0: Welcome to Healthcare Crossroads, a podcast showcasing the connections we make in healthcare data, compliance, and patient care. We are at a crossroads in healthcare. Let's make an impact by bringing together physicians, nurses, healthcare information management professionals, and legal experts in healthcare. Everyone in healthcare intersects. Let's find out how. This is Healthcare Crossroads. Here is your host, Jennifer McNamara. Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Crossroads podcast. I am Jennifer McNamara and I am your host today. I want to thank you for coming back and listening to us. This podcast, we've been really fortunate to have been able to create, to bring together these connections we have in healthcare with data compliance and patient care. And we know we're at the end of the year here. We're in October, guys. And first of all, I want to say how beautiful it is outside. I hope you're enjoying your fall We're kind of in the middle of fall now, it's uh, getting really pretty outside. Uh, Some of the areas that I've seen around me personally and other areas of the Midwest and and of course East Coast is beautiful right now. I hope wherever you live, you're enjoying some beauty in this beautiful fall weather we have. And as we approach the end of the year, we know we have these many changes we're looking at, not only with coding and the codes report, but also with reimbursement. How excited are we to finally get that final rule right? Uh, So many changes that are potentially on the horizon, things that we need as practices and facilities to keep our practices going and keep our facilities going. Uh, We need these changes so we can make decisions and inform our staff of these things. So we're going to talk about some key areas that can help us bridge the gap between patient care, documentation, and of course these changes. So stay tuned uh, for our next episode. This is episode six, a value-based care mindset. And one of the connections we want to make is the connections we make between our evaluation and management codes and our ICD-10-CM codes. Now, it's more than just about coding, right? We know we're here to talk about how patients are affected. And every single patient that we as healthcare professionals on the business side touch, we have to think about those patients as, of course, real people behind that chart that we're coding. And it's more than just coding. It's more than just picking a code. We have to completely and accurately dissect that note, that documentation from the provider to fully capture the true nature and intent of that visit. Because after all, the patient needs these resources. They need this care. They need the medications. They need the future treatment. Do you have a value-based care mindset? It's important to develop that. And as we see the connections, when we look at our, of course, revised guidelines for 2023 for evaluation and management, remember those were revised from 2021. The revision was that they were going to bring in the other code sets that we see in the hospital setting, observation, other evaluation management uh, settings. Previously, of course, in 2021, we know that the revisions were going to replace the 1995 and 1997 guidelines where we focus on the medical decision making or the time spent with the patient. The physician can now choose, right, to adopt whichever format works better for them. And it's going to be the best overall um, description of what actually occurred at that visit. So yes, a medically appropriate history and exam is necessary. We know that you have to get a history of the patient. You have to talk to them, right, and get an understanding of what brought them in today. You need to also examine them in order to find out uh, what your mental decision-making will be. So those are necessary elements. But we know as providers, as maybe specialists, you may not need to examine every single body system in every situation. And so every patient is different. So making it a medically appropriate history and exam is really crucial and moving forward away from all of the data elements that we used to use and focusing more on what the patient really needs, that medical decision-making. They need your decision or your recommendations on their care. So as a provider, you're going to take into account the history and exam that you just performed when, of course, making recommendations and documenting what your final diagnosis of that patient is or what your thought process is. What do you think What's going through your mind when you look at their symptoms, and you look at their uh, testing that they brought in or that you've performed, what you've ordered and and you have reviewed. So now you can make a decision or a recommendation, right? So we're going to focus on the level three uh, through level five. Level threes is your low medical decision making. So as we look at the low category, your level threes, when it comes to the number and complexity of problems addressed at the encounter, it gives us options of documenting two or more self-limited or minor problems. So as we know, a self-limited or minor problem is a problem that runs a definitive and prescribed course. We know it's transient in nature and it's not likely to permanently alter health status. So we know that as our definition, our full definition. Um, but as we move into value-based care what's more important right is documenting not only the actual reason they came in but if they have any additional chronic conditions that may alter or affect that current situation they're in that's what we need to be documenting so that's why we see in those tables there stable chronic illnesses. And it says or, right? So yes, there might be situations where your patient doesn't have all of these things. Maybe they have one of these, but they could have more, right? But if they all fit into this low category, then they're going to be considered a low problems addressed right so they could have a stable chronic illness they could also have a minor problem Um, and we're not counting these up we're really just trying to see where the patient fits right in the decision you need to make for them what is the risk to them a patient who has these stable chronic illnesses maybe one stable chronic illness or has one minor uh, self limited problem and maybe there's not really anything that you need to do for them outside of maybe over-the-counter medication or outside of maybe some minor diagnostic testing That's not going to fully alter their condition and push them into a situation where you have to manage um, something with medication or you have to go and do a procedure. They're still going to be in that low level of decision making. So stable chronic illness. Again, we need words like stable or something to the effect that they're at their treatment goals. So give us the status of that condition. And that will dictate um, how that affects the risk to the patient of what you are going to do for them. And as we see with the updates, we saw the addition of stable acute illness. Now, this was added, of course, because these are sometimes things that require hospital level care. And in the hospital setting, you're going to have to, of course, look at these things. So those are some examples, right? And then I want to move into the level fours and just talk about these um, stable chronic illnesses again. They're there again. Also, what is there is one or more chronic illnesses with exacerbation, progression, or side effects of treatment so again we want to know what is making this chronic illness exacerbated and what side effects of treatment are they having in order for us to as coders and auditors to justify the payment you're going to receive for this area for this level of service that information will need to be there because we are not the only ones reviewing this We will, of course, anticipate that at some point, an insurance company may want records, especially if they see a significant amount of level fours, level fives being sent over, they're gonna want records to confirm that. Some insurance companies these days are actually automatically down coding if they see a certain diagnosis attached to that claim that is unspecified or does not equate to medical necessity for that level of service because they know as well these guidelines and if they don't see a chronic illness, for instance, uh, with a complication of some sort, they're not going to see that that is exacerbated, right? Additional diagnoses that we know, our official guidelines tell us, official ICD-10-CM guidelines tell us additional codes that should be reported in certain situations that describe exacerbations, right? We have, of course, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease that often is equated with an exacerbation. There's a code for that. And then, of course, there is sometimes additional codes that are required to be reported if applicable, if they're documented, that add further weight to that J44 code, that COPD exacerbation. So that would lead the insurance company to justify, yes, you have documented a chronic condition with an exacerbation you're also billing a level four. I see um, you're ordering this test and this would indicate this would match, right? So they're looking for those matching things. They're not in the room with you. They're having to decide whether or not to pay you a level four with this information. And it's all linking back to not just the level you've chosen, but that diagnosis that's attached to the claim justifies that level. So we really want to get down to the meat of the problem, the meat of the note. And I say meat, maybe you risk adjustment coders, you risk adjustment auditors out there, those of you already really digging into value-based care, you know what I'm talking about. So what am I talking about when I say meat? Well, I am talking about what we use when we are abstracting ICD-10-CM codes for risk adjustment to justify the cost resources the patient's going to consume that we anticipate, Right monitoring evaluation assessment and treatment so when we look at monitoring we're looking at documentation you've already documented right the signs and symptoms your disease progression um, all of those things you're evaluating test results you're looking at how they responded to treatment you're looking at the assessment of those chronic conditions and further testing you're going to do and then of course treatment right so these are all things that you look at now Today, my goal is not to really talk about what you should document. Um, you can contact OncoSpark at OncoSpark.com and reach one of our consultants if you would like some personal on-site training for your providers and a little bit extra help there in that area. What we're really trying to talk about today is making those connections. So we're looking for things that you in your practice, you and your specialty can use to improve in how we represent these diagnoses, these conditions so that not only can you get paid properly, but again, that patient behind that chart is gonna get the resources that they need. When we talk about risk adjustment, something that I've always been fascinated in is what can be done for a patient when the data that we submit to the insurance company, what that data can do for that patient behind behind that chart. So let's say, for instance, a diabetic patient, of course, who is on insulin, needs, of course, we know to keep that insulin cold, but things happen, right? appliances go out. Sometimes you know we can't we can't afford to uh, buy a brand new refrigerator right? So if your refrigerator goes out and you're a diabetic patient you can't keep your uh, course medication cold that's a really big deal for you as a diabetic patient who needs your insulin. So if your insurance company is aware of this situation, guess what? they will buy you a new refrigerator. This is something that they offer to patients. So when they know about these items, they know about these conditions and what you actually need, those factors are going to be looked at and they're going to say, okay, you need this and this resource needs to be allocated to you, right? And when we document things such as the social determinants of health, we'll go ahead and talk about that for a minute. The social determinants of health, these are social factors that affect the patient's health. And we're gonna come out and say it, there's so many of them, but the top one is probably going to be economics. Um, There are other factors that patients deal with, but ultimately what really is affecting their health is the fact that they cannot afford healthcare. We're in a situation where healthcare is very expensive, not only to see a provider, um, the insurance premiums that patients have to pay, and then on top of that, the cost of medications. So yes, again, sometimes even to the point where maybe they are diabetic and, maybe they can't afford to buy the next uh, round of insulin that they need, right? And so they have what's left over, they're gonna use it, but they're, they're gonna be in trouble. They're gonna be having a situation where they can't afford it. And if they go to that doctor's visit that next time and they express that to the provider that they're worried about um, their finances because they don't think they can afford to um, get more insulin, if you as a provider or the person taking that information You document that. Remember, the ICD-10-CM guidelines allow us now to capture that data from the patient and bring it into the documentation and report that. So we have our Z55 to Z65 codes. We highly recommend that you look at those and you educate providers and providers if you're listening. Again, you physicians, uh, ask your staff to give you references and, and maybe even build a template. Um, something in your emr system that can be a series of questions that you ask your patient especially if they have a chronic condition not to say that you shouldn't ask questions people who don't have chronic conditions but especially those who have chronic conditions you're managing it's so important to ask them what they're dealing with because that could affect your management of their condition so those are just some examples that i wanted to talk about um, but again going back to the reimbursement when we're looking at that level four we go over to the risk area remember that is social determinants of health is on there make those connections between what our physicians are documenting of these chronic conditions and look for indications that they're giving us a status of something that it doesn't just say chf it doesn't just say ckd dm underneath those conditions we are seeing what they are documenting and as well as the status of those what medications they're on that affect that condition uh, what test results have have indicated so at least know that they are doing some testing for them and remember we want to keep our minds separate as coders I'm going to talk to you coders for a minute and auditors keep your mind separate when it comes to icd 10 guidelines and enm guidelines when we're dissecting the level part right because our minds can quickly go to oh I can't I can't report that I can't put that on my claim form right because I'm only allowed to document things that they're actually managing that, managing that affect that visit right? But providers i don't want you to feel like if you're told that by your staff that you can only document things that affect that that day but remember even if you're not managing that condition it is important that you document those conditions because guess what you know this as a physician that it's going to affect your management of that of of that patient so you might be in orthopedics you might be looking at their osteoporosis or osteoarthritis You're looking at these chronic conditions that you're managing, but they also have CKD. They have diabetes mellitus. They have all these other conditions, depression, things that affect their care. And you know, you have to order a test or you have to order a procedure, surgery. You may even have to consider sending them off to a cardiologist or their primary care physician to get a clearance because of these conditions. So yes, we want to see those conditions documented in the problems addressed in that assessment and plan. We want that meat to be there and we want to see that. We may not as coders be able to abstract and show medical necessity on the ICD-10-CM portion of our claim form, but we will be able to use that information to justify the risk as we put the problems addressed and the risk together to formulate a level that matches um, the documentation. We have seen that sometimes it really is just a matter of the EMR system not cooperating or not be having that Sophistication to where it can help in those instances because we know physicians are busy They want to take care of their patients and they are taking care of them But maybe some of the things that we're documenting or some of the things that we're talking to the patient about Aren't clear enough to equate to the level we're billing. And it's a matter of just maybe not having certain options within the EMR system and time is of essence, we're trying to get from one patient to the next, and we don't feel like we have time to document all that we need to. So those are things that can be improved with processes in the clinics and and the way that the workflow is for patients, but those are things that are important, right? I'm sure you would agree that the importance is, of course, to that patient, what they can receive if we document accurately and completely, and making those connections between the different specialties. We know that um, our primary care physicians, we know that um, they at times will document certain things and maybe they have all the information in front of them, but they don't maybe feel it's relevant. Uh, but then that, that specialist gets along and, and sees um, certain information that they have been sent from their primary care physician and they don't have all the facts. And so maybe they're making a decision based on what they have in front of them and they don't ask certain questions because of what they're receiving. We know that you physicians out there, you are trying your best to get as much information from the patient as you can, but it's not always possible. So having that information from the previous physician or other physicians on a care team that are collaborating together is so crucial, which is why value-based care is so important. And as we look into the future, we know we've been hearing value-based care, that collaboration between physicians, how it can decrease costs, increase quality. Those are things that everyone in the organization is looking at because yes, your organization, they want to reduce costs. Ultimately, everybody wants to reduce costs. Even the patients want to see a reduced cost, right? We all do. And we can work together. If we all understand the different pieces and how each person in the healthcare system, whether you're in the business side, the clinical side, wherever you're working, uh, if you're working in um, trying to help patients get access to medications, um, if you're working and trying to get patients assistance, those are things that you can, um, of course, learn um, as well. Um, understanding the full picture, how we get from point A to point B. And from the, the time a patient comes into the office, we gather their information, their insurance, and we learn about that insurance. We pass that information along to the clinical teams so they know what's approved and what is not. Um, we can get information from them as, as as well as, you know, what the patient has that can justify the support for that documentation and getting services approved. And then from the time that claim gets submitted, we get a denial maybe. We can look at it and see why. Can we fight that denial? Are we just letting things go because we don't have the time to research? We don't have enough trained staff that knows how to fight these denials and do appeals. Are we looking at options to so where we can have support staff outside of our clinics outsourcing for certain things? Not to say that you want to completely outsource your services. Not every practice feels that that's what they want to do. But again, there are subject matter experts out there that uh, have been doing this for years that know these insurance companies inside and out. They know all the things that make them tick and what they uh, they try to do to just to, to not pay something, right? And so we can help your practice with that information, give you that research and that resources that we have developed over the years and that has worked for the Clients that we have helped. So, those are things that you can think about as a provider's office and a facility, things like that. And we are approaching 2023 with so many changes. And now is the time to schedule your official end of the year reviews of your data. So, please contact our sponsors over at OncoSpark. That's www.oncoSpark.com for more information to schedule your financial reviews, as well as to schedule your annual education for your physicians, for your coders. We all need to keep up to date and education is crucial education is what will prompt a coder a biller a physician to see things differently to understand the bigger picture to see how what they do every day affects that patient it affects the entire organization being able to continue to provide these resources because they have the funds to do so and so if we all work together in, in this arena uh, to, to make these changes and to realize the importance of education, sometimes we can't see the return on investment, the ROI, right? We, I'm talking to you admins out there. Can't always see the ROI, can we, when it comes to education because it's something that's an expense. It's at that moment in time not bringing in revenue. And that is something that we need to look at because guess what? It can bring in revenue because if your staff is not educated and they are just putting the wrong data in because they don't know that they're putting the wrong data in, they can be assisted and helped. And then every quarter have them come back in and do a review to see how they're doing, how they applied the education. And then you're going to start to see the revenue increases. So what might seem like an expense right now will turn into revenue on the back end consistently. And that is so important for an organization, isn't it? So when we think about the importance of connecting our problems addressed, right? Our chronic conditions, these these pieces of of data that we pull from the chart that are documented completely and accurately, we see that trickle over into the risk the patient has to have a procedure. When we document that, right, we bring those things together, we have an accurate, complete level of service. And we can now report that with confidence and know that we're gonna get that payment. And if we're not gonna get the accurate payment, we at least have what? We have the documentation to support what we have put in the computer, what we have sent off to the insurance company. So we can now have uh, that backup to fight that denial because we have read those policies. We know exactly what the insurance covers, it's on their policies, and we can take that policy, put it in our appeal letter and reference it. According to this policy, you have indicated that you cover A, B, and C. In this paragraph, we've documented A, B, and C. So we can now come to them um, and have that backup so that we can be diligent and get our providers the reimbursement that they so deserve and work so hard for. So be a patient advocate, be a physician advocate, be a coder advocate, be a nurse advocate, be an advocate for everybody in the healthcare system who works so hard every day to bring changes and to bring these so-needed resources to the community. I want to thank you for joining us this week on Healthcare Crossroads. And of course, please rate and subscribe wherever you get the show. A special thank you goes out to our sponsors over at OncoSpark and our amazing podcast producer, Gabriel Fast with Highland Productions. Until next time. Thank you to our sponsors at OncoSpark. Oncospark is a technology-enabled revenue cycle management company. They help you effectively manage claims data with technology solutions. Check out their website to learn more at www.oncospark.com. Thank you, Oncospark.